0: well 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 can you believe it it is saturday the 25th of august 2018 and you're listening to episode 1820 of permanently moved a personal podcast 301 seconds in length written recorded and edited in one hour by me at the jmo This episode is going up a day late, and I can hear you say, but why, Jay? Why is it late? And the answer is, yesterday, the internet died. Friday the 24th of August will be remembered as the day that our fiber landline connection went down for seven hours. My friend, Ben, who lives around the corner, told me in the pub last night that he sat and stared at his router, waiting for it to come back on. We didn't, though. Even I just went out, went to Kingston, Had a coffee, looked around the shops, looked for a birthday present, it was all right. It was really nice just spending the day together and saying, let's leave it, let's go out. But oh boy, were we a bit lost for the 30 minutes before we made that decision. Which leads me to an article that I found this morning that is a photo taken from a print article that was then posted back online entitled Tech Billionaire Parenting. Quote, Melinda Gates' children don't have smartphones and only use computer in the kitchen. Her husband, Bill, spends hours in his office reading books while everyone else is refreshing their homepage. The most sought-after private school in Silicon Valley, the Wardoff School of the Peninsula, bans electronic devices for under 11s and teaches the children of eBay, Apple, Uber and Google staff to make go-karts, knit and cook. Mark Zuckerberg wants his daughters to read Dr. Seuss and play outside rather than use Messenger for kids. Steve Jobs strictly limited his children's use of technology at home. It's astonishing if you think about it, The more money you make out of the tech industry, the more you appear to shield your family from its effects. Alice Thompson in The Times. This comes as a surprise to absolutely no one that's listening to this, I'm sure. But it feels like do as I say, not as I do, which of course is the elite prerogative anyway. The question is, What are you or I gonna do about it? There's been a couple of episodes where I've talked about avoid news or paring down my social media consumption to broadcast only, which kind of worked, but it also really, really didn't in other ways. Because just because I'm tweeting less doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not looking at the stream less. It really is just a massive waste of time. I think one of the larger problems of throwing all of our time, attention, and energy into the social media machine is that it causes effects around the connectedness of individuals and the awareness of what's going on in the larger macrosphere. Venkat Rao, president of ribbonfarm.com, recently tweeted, I'm kind of sick of this digital public era with its big garishly lit public plazas and broadcast discourse. I would like a dark age marked by an underground warren of largely hidden spaces. Publics are overrated. Public figures should feel like the governed are ninjas in the shadows. Now again, I don't know about you, but I think this is already happening. A large part of my social life on the internet consists of many Slack channels, DMs, Telegram, Signal, but I'm not on WhatsApp, so I don't really have a digital social life with some of my closest friends, which is a bit annoying because my closest friends WhatsApp groups are the kind of groups that don't need community management Any other back channels with acquaintances require momentum, steering, and encouragement of engagement with quieter voices. In an old piece dated 2010 on Ribbon Farm, Venkat talks about Warren's plazas and the edge of legibility. There is a phenomenon noted by Hang Zhang of evaporative cooling. Evaporative cooling is basically the effect of the highest status people in a group leaving, lowering the average status of those left behind. I'm sure you've all been in group chats where someone has left and the conversation has slowly petered out over weeks or months. The question is really, once you find the others, how do you stick with them and stick by them? I'm starting to get the suspicion that the platform is the enemy, which is ironic considering that I'm working on a project called Land as Platform. So perhaps I can clarify and say that platforms that are based on extraction of abstract information are the enemy because it causes negative feedback loops and a toxic environment. So how do you play with the platform I'm a big fan of groups of five or six people who are in group DMs on Twitter, and they just use it as a feed instead of having a tiny Twitter account, etc. It doesn't suffer from any adverts or any of those you may have missed tweets. My DMs are open, if you fancy adding me to any group chats like that, and I'll stay, or I'll leave, depending. And I know I think I've belaboured this point a bunch of times on this show, but it's something that we, collectively, need to get sorted as soon as possible. And tune in next week to episode 2021 of permanently moved.online and I'll have another 301 seconds for you